Listener Production. Wall Street storms higher despite stronger than expected employment figures. And Aussie shares expected to open the week lower on concerns around the Middle East crisis and lower iron ore prices. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday the 5th of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what an extraordinary session it was on Friday. We saw a very strong end to the week on Wall Street. The Dow Jones is up by 135 points or 0.4%. The S&P 500 index lifted 1.1% and the NASDAQ was the strongest performer, up by 267 points or 1.7%. The fourth consecutive week's of gains, Tom. Indeed. So in weekly terms, the Dow Jones rose 1.4%, the same for the S&P 500, a 1.1% gain for the NASDAQ. One thing that stood out to me a little bit was the lack of participation as far as Dow components were concerned. So there was only a third of them that managed to finish in positive territory. So that's a little bit of a, a blemish, but balancing that out in very emphatic terms was the improvement that we saw for marquee technology names, Meta standing out with a massive improvement, Ryan. Well, we saw the bull market power on thanks to soothing economic data and strong reports from both Meta Platforms and Amazon.com. And as you mentioned, Tom, we saw Meta shares up by 20.3% to a record high after issuing its first dividend and importantly announcing a 50 billion US dollar share buyback. So one of the things this year, Tom, that may stand out is the fact that we may see a revival in those share buybacks. So that could drive stocks higher going forward. And we have seen Deutsche Bank project the total amount of buybacks could rise to $1 trillion US dollars on an annualized basis this year as forecasts for stronger corporate earnings are expected to leave companies with excess cash. Uh, I suppose the other thing is that, you know, we uh, we often talk about this. At the moment, there's a very small cohort of US organizations that have been able to leverage the AI zeitgeist, uh, as it were, and Meta is firmly in that grouping, and that was reflected in its earnings. Sure was. We did see its revenue jump 25% from a year earlier, the fastest rate of growth for any period since mid-2021. The other thing to note as well is we have seen Facebook looking to slash costs and refocus its business. However, that's upended the lives of lots of workers. And at the same time, that's propelled its stock 340% from a 2022 low. So while we have seen a very strong jobs report in January in the United States, it's important to realize that about 12 months ago, the tech companies embarked on a campaign of cost-cutting, particularly when around workers. And on the back of that, uh, we have seen mentions of job cuts and in earnings call this earnings season jumped to the highest level since the second quarter of 2020. So strong jobs growth. We'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. But at the same time, uh, we are seeing talk of more job cuts or layoffs by corporate America. Well, if they're going to do it, now's the time to do it because you know the last two months in particular have been a quantum higher in terms of job creation in the United States. So why don't we just quickly unpack those and get them out of the way. Uh, last month, 353,000 jobs were added to the US economy um, compared to 333,000 in December. So both months registering strong job gains. What was interesting, Ryan, is there was a very significant pickup in manufacturing jobs over the course of the last couple of months, particularly in in January. That's interesting from the vantage point of uh, things beginning to click 
um, up at a higher rate where the uh, manufacturing surveys are concerned. Indeed, Tom. So of the 353,000 jobs added during the month of January, most of the jobs were added in healthcare and social assistance, about 100,000, professional and business services, 74,000, retail trade, 45,000, government, 36,000, and manufacturing, 23,000. So importantly, Tom, we saw the strongest job growth in about a year and also wages growth surged. So average hourly earnings rose 0.6% on the month and that was the strongest growth rate since 2022. From a year ago, wages growth was 4.5%. So there could be some impact here from weather-related absences when data was collected in mid-January, which may have affected calculations. But overall, as Jerome Powell said on Wednesday last week, the labour market remains strong. And I think it's poignant that we mentioned his comments. We think we can and should take advantage of that and be careful as we approach that question of when to dial back on restrictions around interest rates. I suppose what stands out on Friday, Ryan, is that even though we saw meaningful improvements where stocks are concerned, that was in the face of what was a very solid rise where long and short-term interest rates were concerned. So, you know, the trend last week for uh, interest rates was one of moving lower uh, over the course of the week until Friday, where we saw a, a big jump. So you had uh, a two-year Treasury note finish at 4.36, 10-year at 4.02. Uh, they tra- traded through a very meaningful range. They were up by about 20 basis points each from the lows of the session to the highs of the session. That's a big move. We did see the rejection by Fed Chair Jerome Powell of that March rate cut. We saw the collapse of New York Community Bank Corp's share price at the same time, so a re-emergence of those US regional bank concerns. And at the same time, uh, we did see some iffy, if not divergent, outcomes for the Magnificent Seven as far as its earnings were concerned. Yes, well, well, look, I suppose, you know, at the end of the session on Friday, Apple shares had recovered from their lows to be down by uh, half of 1%. They were down by 3.4% in weekly terms. They were kind of given a pass in terms of the some of the blemishes in their earnings. The weakness in China sales is the one that's getting a lot of conversation at the moment. As always with Apple, there's a question mark over whether or not you've navigated the high watermark for that organization, but you can never discount their capacity for innovation, I suppose. And there are some interesting uh, products coming down the pipe that could make a difference to that. But uh, that was probably the one that stood out for me a little bit in terms of that divergence that you mentioned. Where the weakness for the Dow was concerned was in oil supermajor Chevron. Uh, Its share price was up 2.9% after beating analyst estimates as well. So broadly, what we did see were pretty good corporate earnings results over the week, and that propelled share markets higher. And speaking of oil, if we look at commodity prices, Tom, we saw the US oil NYMEX price fall by 2.1% to 72.28 US dollars a barrel on Friday, and the odds of an imminent interest rate cut in the world's biggest economy obviously lessened. And that could dampen crude demand going forward. So there were further developments in the oil market over the weekend. We saw an intensification of strikes on Houthi rebel targets in Yemen by both the US and UK. So we could see 
a reaction. The risk premium certainly increased for oil today. So oil prices could be up and that could offset some of that weakness in the oil price. And that was reflected in the Aussie futures. The SPY futures are pointing down by 54 points or 0.7%, somewhat at odds with the strong US market. But commodity prices were down generally on Friday. In fact, the Iron ore price was down by a significant 3% to 128.63 US dollars a tonne, a two-week low. Persistent Chinese property concerns continue to weigh on that sector. So the outlook for steel demand from the sector remains bleak. Demand for social housing and renewable energy is only partially offsetting the worries about China's property sector, particularly after the liquidation of China Evergrande Group. That's a good point that you make, Ryan, is that that's US dollar strength um, helped by the prospect that perhaps uh, the Fed won't be as fast in cutting rates has been a headwind for the Aussie dollar. It lost the, the better part of a, a full US cent uh, from its highs to its lows uh, over the weekend. So it's back to around 65.2 US cents. The US dollar was at a seven-week high on the back of that job data that weighed on the Aussie dollar. Commodity prices were also down, as you mentioned. That could weigh on our market today. We've got a multitude of economic data releases today, Tom, international trade, job ads, monthly inflation, motor vehicle sales and services activity data. And of course, we've got the small matter of the Reserve Bank meeting tomorrow, Tom. Indeed, there's uh, the anticipation that perhaps a more dovish note might be struck by Ms. Bullock, thanks to last week's inflation numbers, which took the breath away of some, but not everyone. That's right. We'll look forward to previewing that tomorrow, Tom. Indeed. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.